0: Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and you're listening to Talking CFD with Robin Knowles. It's kind of like my show, but for CFD nerds, prepare to ignite. Hey there, CFD Welcome back to another in our little insight series, the interviews where I try and find someone doing cool CFD that's different to yours, and that's willing to talk about it interestingly enough the last bit is the hardest bit there's loads of people doing cool cfds you might even be one of them without knowing it but they can't talk about it it's all secret part of that's down to their company policies but it's also because cfd's so good at giving companies and products a performance boost giving them a competitive advantage and i'm interested to find out if that's one of the driving forces in today's space Today, I'm joined by Ricardo Rossi of Red Fluid, an expert in the design of surfboards and, in particular, the use of CFD to design better boards. Welcome to the show, Ricardo.
1: Hi, Robin. Thanks for having me.
0: No worries. The intersection of science and sport—something that uh, that fascinates me. I've spent a lot of time working there, but certainly not with surfboards. So I'm looking forward to this one. Um, but before we get into any of the specifics, I wondered if you could give us some. Background as to how you found yourself helping people make better surfboards. How did you start out in that space?
1: Well, it was actually totally by chance uh, because I uh, started to surf uh, pretty late in my life. I was like 32 years old, so not something that I started when I was a kid. And uh, after starting surfing, I was already a uh, CFD uh, user, CFD expert, because I've been working in academia for Uh, For a long time And uh, so when I started to surf um, I started to look more into The board's shape And uh, how the boards will be developed And I found out that uh, There were no CFD studies Behind them and so I started to, I decided to start myself to try to apply CFD to analyzing the boards and see how CFD models could be helpful in, uh, in improving the performance of, of the boards. And uh, after doing some uh, trials and some uh, tests by myself, I then uh, got in touch with some of the the big companies in the in the industry, and then uh, uh, I found myself working with some of the big brands uh, and trying to apply CFD to surfboard design for the first time.
0: Oh, that's really cool. So nobody was doing it, were you? Uh, well, certainly nobody was talking about it. Is that? And as you dug into it, you found that really kind of it was a. a uh, white space.
1: Yeah, I was pretty pretty open uh, when I uh, started to um, with the project. I uh, I tried to to look up on the internet for some previous studies, and I only found something for the fins, uh, but without the boards, so the, the fins not even mounted on the on the boards, and uh, just few examples here and there, uh, but nothing really major, nothing really. Applied in a systematic way to the design of the board.
0: So I was going to ask you about that later on. Are we talking about the the whole board and fins and the the, the whole nine yards or?
1: Uh, uh, no, we are talking about the uh, the boards with the fins. Although we used to run uh, the models for the board uh, itself first, and then the fins separately. Uh, also because uh, since there are no there were no studies uh, from before, we really had to build up the whole. Uh, not just the CFD modeling itself, but also the best way, the best practice to tackle uh, the board's uh, design and the board's analysis.
0: Uh, so you were kind of building your own best practice. I guess you'd have to if it uh, wasn't existed. Has everybody seen your example and kind of caught up with you? Are they are they chasing after you and everybody doing CFD now?
1: Uh, I wouldn't say that everybody's doing CFD now, but for sure uh, the uh, – the studies and the analysis that we have done, and the first uh, place with the FireWire surfboards, which is one of the biggest brand in the industry. Uh, once it was published online, uh, it it gave like a little uh, hype to the to the guys in the business for sure. So now there is a lot of interest in uh, in the technology for sure.
0: So I'm always interested in these in this situation, particularly given my own background I'm, I'm interested what's the alternative so the pe- for the people who aren't doing CFD, what what are they doing
1: well in that respect uh surfing is pretty is pretty challenging uh because in the end uh you can uh for sure test the boards and just, or do some basic testing in a in a basin uh, but not when it comes to maneuvers because the thing about surfing is a very very dynamic sport so the the, the boards are always moving around and uh it is quite hard to apply the same type of uh, testing uh, that you can do perhaps with ships when it comes to to surfing. So CFD in that respect has some challenging to deal with, but also a very good potential with respect to the experiments.
0: So we'll probably get into the the actual simulations a little bit more later on, but is everything dynamic? Is there such a thing as a a steady state simulation for, for a surfboard?
1: So we're actually running uh, both. So we have steady models that we use uh, in the preliminary phase of the design where we want to see uh, what's the drag where you're adjusting the planning conditions uh, and uh, what's the lift that comes off the board. Uh, We also do some uh, uh, steady simulation for like a snapshot of uh, the board going uh, through turns. And then we also have uh, other models that we uh, call dynamic using the Overset technology where the board can actually move, and so you can measure uh, the forces changing through the manoeuvres.
0: Oh, wow. You could almost surf it in a, uh, in a model.
1: Yeah, a little bit. <laughs>
0: um, one of the things that fascinates me with this kind of intersection of, of sport and science is the human element, the fact that um, in the end, somebody's got to ride this board, somebody's got to drive the car, somebody's got to cycle the bike. Are you... For example, could you do this job if you couldn't surf?
1: Well, I I would say I do this job actually because I didn't surf before because mm. it gave me you know the the kind of vision that sometimes you have where where when you when you don't come from the same environment right. Uh, but at the same time, if you then have some experience with you know the surfing itself, that also helps you know because when you look at the results, you you can make some connection between. Uh, what you're seeing from the, the CFD results and what you're experiencing uh, when you're surfing. But at the same time, uh, if you make a, a comparison with Formula One, it would be like uh, being an aerodynamicist and at the same time being Lewis yeah. Hamilton, right? So they yeah. usually don't go together. <laughs> so I guess you can be a good aer- aerodynamicist uh, even uh, without being a good rider or a good driver.
0: Yeah, what are the things that's that I've seen in, in other fields is kind of uh, a tendency to drive the the aero or the fluids um, towards what appears to be a kind of optimum. But the CFD, it's very difficult to model a kind of feel um, and you get to a point where maybe, for example, a bike, maybe it's it's faster, but it feels kind of on the edge. It doesn't inspire confidence. I, I, is Do you get a similar scenario with the with the board so you kind of you can make a small change that that changes the feel of the board and that um that's something that as a as a rider that's that's the only way you can um understand what that difference what, what that effect of that change was
1: yeah at the end of the day i think with the with the cfd model you get a very good uh um, understanding of the basic characteristics of the board uh but Given the the uh, the dynamic that you have in uh, in surfing, uh, where you also have the waves coming in and uh, uh, conditions are always changing, so connecting perfectly the feelings with the results, it's it's, it's not easy uh but for sure what you get from the numerical results is a very good understanding of the differences between uh board a and board b and what features of the design are doing what uh in terms of performance in terms of lift and drag and if you put everything together then you can have also a good match with the overall feelings that you have in the water
0: on the flip side does the insight that you get from the cfd do you think that makes you a better surfer uh
1: i think it gives you the chance to uh try to test your equipment in a better way because there are things like a Uh, let's say the foils uh, on the fins that sometimes are totally underestimated by uh, people because they they wouldn't think that changing um, the shape of uh, the the foil characteristics of your fins would make uh, an impact on your surfing, but it's actually what's really happening. And so if you see the numbers sometimes, if you see the differences between uh, just two fins that in your hands, they look the same, then you are more motivated to go and test uh, different uh, gears, you know, different boards, different uh, boards and fins combo. And so I think in that respect, maybe gives you the chance to to work towards be a better surfer.
0: You mentioned um, being able to sort of compare board A against board B. Is that kind of the main thrust of what you're doing? So you, you're perhaps not uh, optimizing a, a board to the nth degree but you're taking different concepts and being able to evaluate those quickly and, and, and more easily in CFD than perhaps you otherwise might
1: yeah I think right now the the, the true potential of CFD is to make a comparison between the boards uh, rather than give you uh, an absolute estimate of what is the performance also because if, you, if we go back to what you were saying um, so the different feelings that you have once you are Uh, on a bike or on a board and you are in the water conditions can be uh can be changing and so i think uh the comparison between the shapes is really uh the the added value of running the cfd models right now
0: yeah and they are they quick to turn around these simulations is it is it quicker to do this in cfd than it would be to make that shape and test it
1: yeah, it's also, I mean, not just quicker, uh, but also it's a better way to compare because uh, uh, conditions in the water are always changing. So the, the tide is changing, the size of the wave or the current. And so in the CFD environment, you have the same uh, conditions uh, uh, to compare with uh, between the two boards, right? And th- that's something that you don't have in the ocean. And so if you go and testing straight away without having the numbers in your hands, it's, it's Uh, more difficult to say what's really happening on the board if you make some changes in it
0: bearing in mind those those differing conditions and and all those kind of difficulties in terms of the cfd in particular kind of what's the most challenging aspect of that is it free surface modeling or, or kind of what's the difficult bit
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, more about uh, the dynamic simulation where you have the board moving because then you have to rely on the overset technology, which is of course more uh, demanding than running simply uh, steady simulations. Uh, And uh, so probably that's uh, right now the uh, the biggest challenge in running CFD simulations for uh, for the boards.
0: Is that a relatively new? development those dynamic overset type simulations
1: yeah it is pretty pretty new I think it's getting uh, fairly common in um, ship design uh, in propellers uh, simulations or when you have to design uh, or to test the uh, maneuvers for uh, uh, for a cargo or something like this but uh, yeah I think it's relatively new in, in the safety community
0: You mentioned Overset, so I'm guessing we're talking about an FVM-type model as opposed to maybe a a, a smooth particle hydrodynamics or a a Boltzmann code or a particle-based code or something like that. We're talking uh, more about an FVM-type model.
1: Yeah, so still FVM, and uh, the, the basic idea is you have one mesh which is attached to your object and so follows the object through the movements, and then you have a background mesh which is steady, Uh, with respect to the object and so uh, the trick is you have to interpolate between the boundaries of the two grids and that's where you may end up losing accuracy and uh, you're not able to conserve uh, to a very high degree mass or momentum and other quantities and so that's where um, the the bottleneck of the technology is at least in my understanding.
0: So, what sort of—I mean, just to give a, a, the listeners a kind of ballpark idea—what sort of size or, or uh, model run times, that kind of thing, are we talking about?
1: Yeah. So, for the steady simulation, if you uh, if you run something preliminary when you want to see drag and lift without moving the board, then it's nothing really huge. We're talking about few millions, few million cells, and. You know, something like 64 cores or 128 in a few hours, you're good to go. When it comes to overset, it can be more demanding because then uh, the simulation will be unsteady. You have the current number coming in and, uh, you know, to keep the simulation stable also with the uh, interpolation between the two grids grids I was mentioning. Then it takes a little little longer and a bit more uh, cores in order to keep it in an industrial time frame, let's say.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, are you typically running these codes in the cloud, or do you run them locally, or?
1: Yeah, so we uh, used to run on a, on a plat- uh, supercomputing platform here in Italy. Uh, it's called Cineca, and uh, we use OpenFOAM uh, to uh, run the simulations. So we we don't have the hardware in house. We use it remotely, but it's not cloud. So we have direct access to the cluster.
0: Aha, so yeah, best of both worlds. Yeah, indeed. As a metric, kind of what's what's particularly important for the, for your simulations?
1: Yeah, so we're mainly interested in the forces on the board uh, being uh, either an steady simulation or the steady simulation. So typically uh, drag and lift, but also the side force because when you're going through a turn, you have the fins on one side that are holding you on the face of the wave But also at the same time, you have the force coming out the the bottom of the board or the edge of the board, which is called the rail. And so we're also interested in the the, uh, grasp, the grip that you have between the board and, and the water. The thing with the boards is that the shape is really simple, right? Because there is nothing fancy in it in terms of shape. But at the same time, if you make little changes on, on the shape of the board, uh, the changes in the forces are, are pretty, are pretty large. So you really have to, uh, represent the shape of the board accurately if you want to have an accurate estimate of the forces. So if you put all, all these together, then it gets pretty challenging. And at the same time, also if you want to make the model uh, uh, able uh, to be used in uh, in a uh, industrial process, so it's, if it's not just a scientific uh, scientific project where you want to understand what's going on, on the board, but you want to give some of the companies a tool that can be actually used to design the boards, you can't really make the model so big and so heavy that ha- needs you know many many cores to run and many many hours to run. So. All these together, I think it makes uh, the, the CFD modeling of, of the boards pretty challenging.
0: With CFD being relatively new in this space, do you get much pushback from designers who've been doing it their own particular way for, for years and years um, that that you're coming in with uh, with new techniques or do they just see it as, uh, as a help, as an assistance?
1: Yeah, a little bit of both, uh, I would say. There are you know, some designers that are more open-minded and they see the the potential of this tool uh, to be used to uh, express themselves even more because at the end of the day, I think the safety simulations are really uh, another tool in the hands of the designer. It's nothing that is going to design something in place of yourself. Uh, but there are also other guys that are more bit more old-fashioned, and so they they do prefer to just uh, shape the boards by hands, and and sometimes they don't even use a CAD to design the boards. They just have all the tools in 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 the hands.
0: They know how it should feel, how it should look. So you've been kind of pioneering this a little bit. How has it changed since you started doing this? Are, are more people using CFD to design boards, or um, are the Models just getting more complicated. Um, How are things evolving?
1: I think there are more uh, examples of uh, people, uh, not necessarily designers, but uh, other engineers and their uh, professionals that uh, have started to do something similar to what we do. Uh, and also, uh, since there are uh, also the uh, pools now uh, coming out around the world in many, many places, there's also a lot of uh, use uh, of CFD to design the waypoles, which is also pretty exciting.
0: Okay. Do they make for a pretty interesting um, place to test the boards as well? I guess they're slightly more repeatable or um, consistent than, than perhaps dipping in the ocean.
1: Oh, for sure. That would be uh, the ultimate uh, test track for us because if you think of the ocean, if you think about... Uh, uh taking the boards and go testing in the ocean straight it would be like being on a racetrack with a new car and with the track having you know the corners changing every lap <laughs> and so it would be so difficult to, to to say something about the performance of the car so surfing straight to the boards in the ocean it would be it, it's basically the same the same scenario so if you have something in between like a pool where you don't have the same conditions as, as in the ocean uh, but you have a repeatable environment that you can really uh, get the best out of bot uh, worlds, for sure.
0: In case people haven't seen them, we're talking about these kind of, um, kind of... What's the best way to describe them? A sort of overgrown swimming pool with a wave generator in them. These things are huge, and they generate an enormous breaking wave. They do it in various different ways. I think I've seen two or three different uh, techniques for doing it, from a huge great plunger in the middle of a pool that generates like a radial wave to uh, kind of... I don't know whether they're dragging something through the water, but uh, uh, a left and a right break where they're dragging something through the middle of a, a big pool to generate a, a wave off to the left and one off to the right. Um, are the same people involved with designing these sort of places as designing the boards?
1: Yeah, it's actually strange because in my understanding there there is no overlap between uh, people like us applying CFD, uh, CFD to boards and fins and uh, the other guys that are doing the CFD simulations for for the pools. So so far, and at least in my understanding, uh, yeah, no, I think we are kind of working separately uh, for now.
0: So it's not the board manufacturers who are building these pools, then. No, they look uh, they look like they're pretty popular places, though. I guess they uh, I guess they're less prone to the weather. You can guarantee you're going to get a, a break to surf uh, every time you turn up.
1: Yeah, it's, an, it's another uh, another thing where you know there are people that really like the idea of being able to surf whenever they want and in the same conditions, and there are also people that they don't like at all that the wave pool concept and they prefer to go in the ocean. But I think it's a uh, uh, in the end it's uh, something good for the sport because uh, it's going to elevate for sure the, the performances and also the the. Uh, uh, the technology uh, or uh, the, the the technical level of, of the sport in terms of the equipment.
0: Is the equipment the same for, for somebody who doesn't have a much of an awareness of surfing, as in me, is the equipment the same in the competitions as it is commercially available? Can I go buy the same board as, say, the world champions ride riding? Yeah, you can. I won't be able to surf it, but I could buy it.
1: Yeah, yeah. That that and that's usually uh, I mean sometimes it happens, you know, people are really hyped uh, about uh, being able to surf with the same boards used by Kelly Slater, but then, you know, they go and and try and they, they can't really make it.
0: I was just I was just wondering if there was a uh, situation where CFD's used to optimize a, a board for a particular person. Does that ever happen? I think it's,
1: uh, that's something difficult because uh, when you're talking about a specific person, then there are many, many um, parameters, uh, if you like, coming in. Because there are people surfing, uh, we say regular, so with the uh, left uh, foot uh, in front of the board or the other way around, and then you will be a goofy surfer. Uh, and also the way you push on the board or the way you, you, you stand uh, on the board and so I think it's, uh, like I said, probably uh, better to evaluate many, many boards and then uh, based on the results you have from the safety model, then you can look up at them and make a better choice in selecting your board depending on the type of wave you surf and what's your, what's your level of surfing.
0: Also almost creating a kind of lookup table for this uh, decision tree, this is me, that's what I should go for. Correct. Are there any new techniques or hardware or, or anything in the CFD space that's coming through that you think could really make an impact in your space?
1: Well, I think uh, you know the IB methods, uh, immersed boundaries, okay. is not, not something new, but something that we haven't tried yet. And I think uh, when you're thinking of simulating or, or analyzing the maneuvers, and so where friction maybe is not a huge, uh, a big deal, then maybe with the immersed boundary you can save some effort uh, from the computational side and have still pretty accurate results so i'm kind of excited to try to test that te- that technology too
0: is there a crossover between what you doing with surfboards and maybe other water sports or other sports in general perhaps i don't know what comes up to the top of my mind um windsurfing something like that yeah, uh,
1: I mean, board uh, sports in general. Uh, so if you think of uh, SUP, so stand up paddle, uh, okay. or also foils now is a is a uh, is very is, is huge. Uh, so there are situations where you can do cat surfing with a foil attached on your board, uh, very much like you know the same kind of foils that are used in, uh, or at least the same kind of concept uh, of foils used in uh, the America's Cup. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, Yeah, and there are also people surfing with the foil attached on the board, so they don't rely anymore on the wave breaking. They just need a a little swell, and they're able to surf over crazy distances.
0: Wow, yeah, that sounds even more technically challenging, both from your point of view and from their point of view.
1: It is, and also pretty dangerous because it's like you're surfing with a blade uh, under your feet, basically.
0: Yeah. So as long as it stays under your feet and you're somebody else isn't near you, then you're uh, you're okay. Yeah. Do you have a wish list, or do you have one particular wish of something that you'd like to be able to do or like to have from a CFD perspective that would really make a difference or um, really help push things forward?
1: Well, one thing that is maybe not strictly related to the the uh, CFD technology or CFD methodology itself, but Something I would really like to do is to run some simulations for a board and then uh, have the chance to test the board in the waypool, pool, uh, not myself, but with one of the uh, the, um, the riders from the championship tour and try to see if, you know, we come up with a sort of questionnaire where uh, we can ask the guy, what are the feelings uh, while surfing the board in the waypool, pool and then try to cross uh, or try to overlap the... Uh, the answers with the safety results and see if the models are really able to catch up with the feelings that would be really really cool
0: do you think there's potential there to take the designs perhaps in a in a slightly different direction where they haven't been before because you if you're going down a a route of uh, a board that feels good as opposed to perhaps isn't the ultimate performance that um there's a there's a opportunity for a slightly different design
1: yeah i think uh I mean, in the, in the end, people you know don't like uh, big changes in order to, or steep changes in, in the designs. But I think if you have a better understanding of the other dynamic of the board, and if you are able to make the boards uh, uh, not just more performing, but also more easy to use, and if they're able to, to have more fun in the water, I think then people will be also open to, to surf boards that, that are different from what they look right now.
0: Yeah, it's always nice to be able to look at what you're doing and uh, translate it into somebody having a bit more fun when they go out on the water.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Do you have any good kind of resources that we could point people towards to, uh, to, to check out a little bit more about what we've been talking about, maybe some uh, videos or, or posts that you guys have done?
1: Yeah, so we have an Instagram profile where we're used to post most of the uh, uh, work we do in uh, surfing. Uh, and also if you go on YouTube and you search for uh, Sci-Fi enters CFD then you'll find the video that we posted after the project with the Firewire and you, you'll have the chance to have a good intro to uh, what we've done together with the, with the company.
0: Yeah, because we're a bit limited with it being just an audio podcast that people can't see the nice pretty pictures um, so I'll, right. think, I'll link those up in the show notes and you really don't see CFD on Instagram very often, so that's pretty cool. As a kind of marketing tool, is there still kind of a, a buzz around using CFD in the, in the sport?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think once you once you run some you know good CFD simulations and you, and you have you know solid solid numbers, you know beyond your design, then for sure CFD has also this uh, huge potential of you know better communicate uh, the performance of your product with uh, people that are not. Uh, uh really in the technical side of it right so i think yeah there is also huge cfd uh, huge potential in using cfd also as uh promoting your uh, your boards and your
0: fins so not just our boards better than their board this is why our boards better here's some science to back it up
1: yeah correct that that's the ultimate goal
0: i want to thank you for taking the time to come on the show today ricardo i really appreciate it um it's a uh one of those tricky spots where, like I say, with just an audio podcast, it's difficult for people to get the a the, uh, picture of what we're doing. So I'll put the links in the show notes for people to see, see what we're talking about. But um, if somebody wants to connect with you and talk a bit more about it, then uh, is LinkedIn a good place to catch you?
1: Yeah, you can send an email to info at uh, rad-fluid.com and we'll be happy to get in touch with anybody who is interested in uh, what we're doing, for sure.
0: Cool. Um, Thanks again for coming on the show, Ricardo.
1: Thank you, Robin. Appreciate it.